let's get right into the podcast. Um, we got a couple things that I put. I drew out an outline when you weren't looking. <laughs> and I got a little bit here. I just want to get into the $10,000 bankroll just to give it a start. Yeah. And what are we looking at? Uh, we're looking at positive $6,341 for a 31%, 31.71% ROI. So I don't know. It's reasonable. We can do a lot better. And we have done a lot better. It's come down on the year. That's on the year. 31%, 31% ROI? Yeah. Okay. But <clears throat> the good news is if you are a dubclub.win subscriber, your ROI on the year is around 160%, which is insane that we're 31% and they're like so high, but. Yeah, we should explain that a little bit for anybody that's just listening. So <clears throat> we have a hypothetical bankroll that we're trying to turn uh, 10,000 each or 20,000 total. And we're going to try to run that into a million in five years. So far, we're only up 31% for this bankroll specifically, but our clients are doing a lot better, like Scott said. And why is that? Why are they doing better? Because I noticed with our bankroll we basically raised our bet size once we hit a limit like our once we double more than doubled our bankroll we we doubled our bet size and then we hit a cold streak and frankly it, it i don't know brought down our account a lot so if we would have stuck with a more steady consistent uh percentage of our bankroll our our results would have done a lot better so we have a lot to learn and <clears throat> i don't know Basically, we're we're learning on the on the go with with you guys too. <laughs> I disagree a little bit. I don't think we're learning. I obviously yeah. that's one of the thirty bet tips that we get into later, or you might see on a YouTube short. Is um, keep on learning. Yeah, that's actually I think one of mine. Mm -hmm. But I disagree. I don't think we're learning. I think that we took a risk. Yeah, in the springtime we were doing so good, and we took a risk and we went for it. Luckily, with our clients, we didn't take as big of a risk, so they're still doing fine. But uh, yeah, we're only up uh, we're only up thirty one percent ROI. Which, if you think about it, that ain't that ain't that bad. Yeah, it's still not bad. We're still beating the S and P five hundred. So, as a uncorrelated market, we're still doing pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> Even though Charles is a little pissed off about the way we're doing you can see them in the background there yeah i want to um just give a shout out to the dirty heads that's a band that i really like and th yeah. they came out with this beer i love this beer so anybody who knows about the dirty heads or about this beer give it a shot it's, poof, it's really good I'll, I'll have to try one of this <clears throat> sorry i didn't tell you about our new advertisement jake i got high noon over here they're not an advertiser oh yeah they're, sorry oh, my, my bad all right, let's get over to the top 30 picks. I mean, I got nothing else. I did want to mention Dub Club. You can sign up at dubclub.win. Mm -hmm. If you signed up in November of 2022, mm -hmm. you would have turned $10,000 into like $27,000. You'd be up that much. If you were just a, a customer of ours, not the $10,000 bankroll, but a customer of ours. Yeah. So you signed up at dubclub.win. Haven't been doing that great in the last like two months. Our quarter two has been poor. Yeah. But quarter one of this year, like outperformed maybe any quarter ever. Yeah. And uh, quarter two of or quarter four of last year did well too. And you sign up at dubclub.win. Yeah. It's, why not sign up today? Try us out. It's 10 Our, bucks a month. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing. <laughs> it's been a lot more in the past. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about the YouTube shorts because um, a lot of people are into TikTok, but I think YouTube shorts is like where it's at. Yeah. The way that it's like the feel of the app, I like it better than TikTok. I find myself like going there more. So I just want to say we're on YouTube shorts. And I just, even if you don't watch sports betting videos like the other videos, it has a good algorithm to where like, if I want to watch like, alien videos like the aliens are already here <laughs> yeah or if i want to watch like um 
any conspiracy like JFK shooting stuff, mm-hmm. like it really recognizes my algorithm and it like sends me to that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just want to like if you're into sports betting, it'll probably send you our videos. Yeah, I agree. And we have obviously shorts on different subjects, too. So we have more than just sports betting. But yeah, I, I would definitely check out our shorts if you haven't seen any yet. Chris has been doing a good job with them. Yeah, he's been editing. He he finds the shorts in all of our pod. I mean, we talk for like two hours. Like, what are we doing talking for two hours? Mm-hmm. I think many people have said we need to shorten up our podcast. And maybe we'll do that tonight. But um, it's just, I, I think it. I like the YouTube shorts because it gives you an alternative to TikTok. And um, I don't know. I just kind of dig it a little bit more than TikTok. I think it's the next social media wave is YouTube shorts. Yeah. So go check it out. Yeah, I agree. And then we're, we're going to be going over a list of 30 rules and we're going to be turning all those into shorts. So I'm interested to see how those will come out. If we do a good job at it. Exactly. And I think we should just get right into it. Okay. So how do you <laughs> think that we should do this tonight? Should should we should we do like your shorts first? My not shorts. Your tips first. Like we we each got just to let everybody know, we each got a top 15 sports betting tips for you bets more. And mm-hmm. we're going to, we divide them into yours, Jake's and then mine. Yeah. And how do you think we should do it? Should we do yours first? Mine first? Should we like interweave them? I think we should trade off trade off. Okay. Let's do it. That, that's a great idea because in the behind the scenes, we did the, the opposite. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good. Okay. You so let's trade it? off. What do you want to do? Well, I started the last one. All right, all so right. that means you got to start this one. Okay. And so I got to get my top 15 bets up here. Hold on. Hold on a second. Okay. All right. So my first uh, betting tip, Jake's betting tip number one, was find your break-even percentages. A break-even percentage is the percentage of time a bet must win for you to break even. In order to find your break-even percentage, you must take the risk divided by the summation of risk plus reward. So yeah, this is really important. You really got to find your break-even percentages before you even place a bet, in my opinion, just to know like what the probability is for you to break even. And obviously, you want your break or your uh, perceived probability of that outcome to be higher than the break-even percentage. So if it's like a, let's say you estimate it at sixty-five percent. And then the line's minus 150, so that's a 60% break-even. Then that would give you like 5% of cushion. So, and that, and that 5% of cushion is the value of the bet. Exactly. Or the closing line value if you like bet it and then it closed. Mm-hmm. There's so many like what you're saying. This is a basics of sports betting. Yeah. It's kind of what you're saying. Like you need to know this before we like move on to the other tips. Yeah. And... You're doing the basics. You're saying like, what is what was the exact phrasing of it? So break even percentage is break. the percentage of time I bet must win for you to break even. So let me just give you an example. So if the line is minus 150, you take minus 150. You, you would take 150 and you divide it by the summation of 150 plus 100. So the formula is risk divided by risk plus reward. So 150 divided by 150 plus 100. So that's 150 divided by 250, which is 0.6 or 60%. And the break-even rule is like such a great rule to have at number one, because that's like the one of the basic numbers that you need to know. Mm -hmm. And then from the break-even, if you compare it to one of your models that you might have or anything else, it gives you the value. It gives you the closing line value. It gives you so many more numbers, but you need to know that number first is the break-even number. Yeah, so important. The, which kind of gives me, kind of segues into what I'm going to say as my number one tip, just from a chronological aspect. And that break-even percentage is like such a basic number that you need to know. It's such a basic statistic that you need to know. <clears throat> so my number one rule is understand the basics. I mean, it piggybacks off yours a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you need to learn the fundamentals of sports betting. And the fundamentals are what's the break-even percentage. Yeah. You might go onto a website like betonline.com. Mm-hmm. And you go on there and you see like a spread. 
Right now we're in the baseball season. You might see a money line, might see a run line. You see an over under. Mm -hmm. You see the basics of sports betting. But what does all that mean? And when you see a line like, let's say, minus 120, what you're saying is you're on your bet is we got to find out what that break even is on the minus 120. Exactly. And let's. I, I don't know the numbers on that one. I think it's like 55%. Jake's going to check it right now. But you got to understand the basis. You got to understand what you're doing. So we're checking this in the moment. And this is what you should be doing unless you already have memorized all of these numbers. Yeah, it's uh, 54.5%. Yeah, so right around 55%. Yeah. So I just do that in my head because I don't have a lot of time. So I just run through numbers really fast. Yeah. And get like an, a 55 instead of a 54.5. Yeah. And then if I find a little bit of an edge off of that, I go further. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, right yeah. now, we're understanding the basics. Exactly. And <clears throat> the basics, you just got to know all the terminology. You got to know like the basic structure. The basic structure is finding value. And the first <clears throat> point of finding value is... You have to understand your break even. That's even in a business. Like if you're starting a small business, you find out all of your expenses, you find out how much everything's going to cost, and then you find out how much you might make and reach goals on that, what what you might make. Mm -hmm. And those are understanding the basics. Like the basics is what is your edge? What is your value? Yeah. You know? I like that. So uh, that's my number one. What do you got for number two, Jake? So number two is uh, do your own research. <clears throat> so some people just take a bet because their friend recommended it or I don't know, maybe they saw somebody on on uh, ESPN or YouTube recommend it. So I, I would just say even us, like just if we recommend a pick, just get used to doing your own research on top of it. Like look into the lineups, look into their stats, look into, I don't know, basically anything that would influence that game and Find bets that make sense to you because ultimately you're you're one of the important layers in this process. And I'm going to skip ahead. Having you said that, I'm going to skip ahead to my number five. Okay. I'm going to skip ahead to Scott's betting tips number five, and that's don't be afraid to piggyback a pro. And you might be thinking, do your own research, piggybacking a pro. What the fuck are you guys talking about? But what I think is... You gotta find a uh, a mix between the two. Mm-hmm. It may sound like black and white, like you have to do one rule, or you have to do the other, or why can't you do both? You know what? I would. I completely agree with you. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I <clears throat> I would say do both. So start out with piggybacking a handicapper, but then research that. Why are you taking those picks? Like study that handicapper and find out the stats, the trends, lineups, anything. Find out what. Why does that bet make sense? Does it make sense to you? Like, you don't have to just bet every single bet that somebody recommends. Do your own research on top of it, and then you'll start to pick up patterns on what they're doing. And then you can start to learn over time yourself. And I would argue that anytime you're going to learn over time for yourself and become a pro yourself, you first start with piggybacking a pro. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you learn your, you develop your own research off of that. Yeah. I like it. So both of those like really kind of really like go good together because that's kind of like a, a simple evolution of a sports better. Yeah. Going from like amateur to pro. <clears throat> Very good point. I'm glad you brought um, that up. <clears throat> what do you got for number three, Jake? Number three, I suggested using a fake bankroll to start. So when you're sports betting, there's a lot of, ups and downs uh more downs when you're starting and it's really painful losing a bunch of money while you're learning so instead of just putting real money to start just start with a fake bankroll give yourself ten thousand dollars like we are doing with our hypothetical ten thousand and prove that you can make money with it over time and as your bankroll your hypothetical bankroll is growing up like twofold threefold or whatever then you can start to have more confidence to put real money in so I always like to say, start with a fake bankroll if you're just getting started. And with that fake bankroll, you can do Scott's betting tip number two. You can set a budget on that. And that's a good way to practice if you have the Mm -hmm. fake bankroll. Mm -hmm. And then if it works out good, then with your real bankroll, 
you set a budget on that too. So you can practice on both of them. You could set a budget on your fake bankroll mm -hmm. that you practice on. And when you're ready to throw some serious dough out there, you uh, you can set a budget on that too. And you should always set a budget on anything because, I mean, even in real life, even if yeah. even in everyday life with a financial like uh, system that you have going in your like personal life, mm -hmm. you set a budget on everything. Like you can't just go like spend money willy nilly. Exactly. So great point. So uh, Scott's betting tip number two: set a budget. Um, I so think so important. I think it's really good to set a budget, no matter what type of bankroll you have, and it really leads you into like all the other aspects of professional sports betting. Yeah. What do you got for number four? I'm glad you asked, Scott. Number four is keep your emotions out of it. So my point is uh, sports betting is not for the faint of heart. We're going to have a lot of ups and downs. And if you're uh, basically losing sleep over this, you're probably betting too much of your bankroll on, on any single bet. Um, so I would just say lower your bet size or I don't know, maybe this market's not for you. You know what I mean? Like if people are too stressed out and they're losing sleep over this, then maybe it's not for them. But I would say more often than not, it's because you're betting too big of a, a percentage of your bankroll. So <clears throat> that's my, my advice. I'll tell you what I think about that one. What was it? One more time. Uh, keep your emotions out of it. Yes. And that is probably one of the rules that I, and it's probably why it's not on my rules, my top 15 rules, because I can't do it. It's so hard for me to do that. I get so emotional. Yeah. I sometimes like my family's even like commented on it where they're like, are you doing all right? And and if I really did like an introspective look, it might be because my bets aren't doing good that week. Yeah, it's fucking hard. I mean, I'm suggesting to keep your emotions out of it, but because it's because I know how easy it is to have it affect your life. So uh, when you're doing really good, you shouldn't get overly excited. And when you're doing bad, you shouldn't get too depressed. It should be more of like an even keel approach and a systematic long-term uh, I don't know. We're in this for the long term. What one of the tools that have helped me because I'm not good at this one. Mm -hmm. I can't keep my emotions out. I've tried. You, you push your emotions down. It's gets crazy. Ask your therapist. Everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the the one thing that helps me? There's a couple tools that you can do to where it kind of takes your emotions out of it without your choice. Like it just brings it right out. Yeah. Without having to decide to bring it out is the last one that I said, setting a budget. That's Scott's betting tips number two. But then also Scott's betting tips number three, keep records. So just put create a spreadsheet, which you do mm -hmm. in our team. And another thing that you could do, this isn't even on here. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do an extra extra uh, betting rule right <laughs> there now. There you go. Sorry to throw this in last minute. Yeah. You don't, but is get a partner. Yeah. Because... It you were talking about emotional plays, yeah, or like take your emotions out of it. If you get a partner, your partner has to like double check your work, yeah, and so it brings it to where. Or if one, if if like, I start crying, you slap me across <laughs> the face. All of a sudden, my emotions are out of it. Yeah. You need like an emotional partner in yeah. a way. It's helped out so much having a partner. So sorry to go back to yours. I, I just think yours is so good. Yeah, but. To go back to mind, keeping records. So that's how I deal with it without you slapping me because I don't like it when you do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry exactly. to say that on the air, but yeah. it makes me uncomfortable. But it, if if you don't, if I keep records and yeah. I set a budget, yeah, and I like put everything out there, it's it's like on a sheet, and I know all the statistics. It makes me feel better about myself because I know that I'm I'm sticking to the system. Like exactly. everything is going as planned and yeah. i can see my losses i can see my wins yeah i don't know uh no scott's betting tip number three keep records it really helps me with the emotional aspect of things yeah good by, point by keeping records especially when you graph it too then you can just see it over the long term so and it feels more distant from you mm -hmm. it feels like it's a statistics a statistic it feels like it's a graph it's just the graph that i look at yeah and it's out here yeah 
and it's not in here. And when it's in here, I get a little emotional. Yeah, it's just like looking at your stock go up or down. And I don't know. In the long term, our graph goes up. So that's all that's important. Yeah. All right. What do you got, Jake? All right. So betting tip number five is practice the infinite bankroll theory. So I know we explained that on a previous podcast and it it's really important. So basically, in order to play with these sports books that have an infinite bankroll, you're, you're essentially playing against the entire world. So in order to have an infinite bankroll and be able to play against the entire world, you have to bet a small percentage of your bankroll. So like 1% or so. So whenever your bankroll decreases, your bet size decreases and you can essentially go forever. It's like you have an infinite bankroll, so you'll never have to put money on again. So, I mean, we, we never redeposit money. We just, as our bankroll declines, our, our percentage gets, or our bet size gets a little smaller. So that 1% is a smaller bet over time as you're going down. And then when your bankroll is growing, you, you continually increase your, your bet size. So I don't know, it really keeps out, uh, really decreases the volatility in your bankroll over time. And that was Jake's betting sports betting pit tip number five. Yeah. Jesus. Sorry. It was really hard to get that out. No worries. That was Jake's sports betting tip number five. Yeah. My sports betting tip number four, Scott's sports betting tip number four, manager bankroll is pretty much what you said. It's mm-hmm. kind of getting a little trippy mm-hmm. how secretized we are in these tips that we came up with like independently. Yeah. I mean, you pretty how did you word it again? <clears throat> so I said uh it's basically practicing infinite bankroll theory. Okay, so your your infinite bankroll theory is basically managing your bankroll mm-hmm. but in in a, in a more complicated aspect mm-hmm. and it's such I love the way when you came when you first like told me about this the infinite bankroll theory and by the way scott's betting tip number four manage your bankroll is exactly what you were saying mm-hmm. but but your way of thinking of it is like a mental aspect of that you're kind of like showing a way of thought mm-hmm. that you can think about it yeah. and if you mathematically see that it's impossible to lose all of your money all of a sudden that makes it acceptable to to take part in the mission yeah you know yeah of of like your sports betting career yeah and it that overall uh theory of what the infinite bankroll is managing your bankroll yeah that's kind of what it is it's just like a, a a way of thought through it exactly and uh that's why it's crazy it's a little bit trippy how we're like kind of meshing up with both of these yeah i like it i'm afraid to see where the next one is all right uh betting tip number six so i put slow is smooth smooth is fast so i was just suggesting that sports betting requires a long-term focus people normally want to get rich right away and this isn't the right industry for that no market really is so i feel like those who are trying to get rich quick end up getting broke quick so they have to learn that this is a long-term process. Be patient and manage your bank. We'll do everything we're saying so far. So it'll pay off in the long run. Absolutely. And it kind of goes with my next one, which is uh, no surprise. The next, the the few five, the next five Scott sport, sports betting picks in the um, uh, in the next five that I'm coming up with. Can we edit this out? Because... Okay. I sound retarded, but um, the next five sports betting tips for on my list mm-hmm. is uh, kind of what you were saying, how like you have to kind of like um, expand your sports betting strategy into like a lot of different like models. Uh-huh. Um, my Scott's sports betting pick, Jesus Christ, Scott's sports betting tip. Number six is specialized in a few sports. It kind of goes what you were saying a little bit. Um, it just makes it a little bit easier if you're like specializing in like one or two sports. Yeah. Um, I don't do that. This is one of my tips that is probably the least I follow out of the 15 tips. Yeah. And I I want to do that, but I love sports so much. So like I like to expand my and I like to try out different markets because you always want to test out different markets. Yeah. That's one that I've 
that's not on the list. Yeah, exactly. Just test out different markets. But um, I just think in specializing in a few sports usually helps with a lot of people. I notice a lot of statistics with a lot of other people where it seems like they're doing good specializing in their sport. And we kind of do that. You specialize in props and I specialize in teams. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this one? I think that's a really important uh, recommendation, especially when somebody's starting because they want to get action on every single market and every single sport's a little different. And there's a lot of different nuances to each market and you have to learn those over time. So if anyone's just beginning, it seems like it's really important just to stick with one sport like you're suggesting and prove that you can do that, that one sport. And then over time you develop other markets. So, I mean, we, I feel like we kind of started like that. We, we were basically specializing in certain areas and then over time we've added more sports and um, I don't know, there's a lot more markets I know we can add, but we want to get good at these markets first before we add all the other ones. So it makes sense. What do you got on the next one, Jake? Uh, Betting tip number seven, determine the sports books hold. So basically you want to find out what the hold is first of all. And that is, the percentage that the sports book is charging you to place a bet in order to find the hold, you're going to want to break down both sides of the bet into their break-even percentages. So if one side of the bet is, has a break-even percentage of say 52% and the other side has 54%, then there's a 6% hold. So you took, take 52% plus 54%. That's a uh, 106%. And you, take 106 minus 100%. The 6% is the juice there in that example. And in a hold, you're kind of looking for an arbitrage bet. Would that be accurate? Yeah, if you can, preferably looking for an arbitrage. So you basically, an arbitrage bet is a risk-free bet. So you're basically using two sports books against each other to eliminate the hold. So you can actually have a risk-free bet if you are able to shop around right. Yeah, that that's a. I mean, we're getting into the nitty gritty. We're starting to get into the weeds with it, but that's all about sports betting. And once you get past a certain amount of tips, but that's a really good one because that could uh, dictate your whole career in sports betting. Because if you go towards like the hold arbitrage mm-hmm. side of betting, that is a it's a career in itself. Yeah, it feels like. You can make really good money. I've actually been shopping around for arbitrage bets. I haven't been placing them because we're limited on the sports books we can place bets with. But I've been able to find 2 and 3% player prop arbitrage bets. So, I mean, if we're betting 100 bucks, we're only making 2 or 3 bucks on it. But it's a risk-free bet. So, I mean, put, put that up to $1,000 bets or 10000 And we're, we're making, I don't know. It's not a whole lot of bang for the buck, but when you're not risking anything, why not? You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it kind of like brings me in my next one where it's Scott's betting tip number seven, find a model you like. We're kind of getting in, in, like I said, into the weeds of the sports betting world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interesting thing about this model, like finding a model that you like, is this is how it all began. Like finding a model, we'll mm-hmm. give him a shout out. AccuScore. It's probably the first time we ever gave him a shout out. Yeah. I don't think he's going to follow that, but that's a that's a pretty big uh, nugget right there. Yeah, and that was an original model. Not saying you should follow it now, but like, and you have to like find the nuances in the model. Yeah, but that was like an, an original model that yeah. was like used. That's the first thing I ever showed you. Yeah, you're right. And that's a that's a that's an example of a model and. It's interesting because like you, that's why I have this as Scott's betting tip number seven is because I think it's so important to find a model that you like. Mm-hmm. You can critique it and switch or find a compilation of many. Yeah. But like finding a model is everything. It kind of goes with so many of the tips already before. I mean, like a lot of some I think some of yours, Jake, where uh, with a model, you're finding like value. You might have mentioned something else about like um, the op- uh, the uh, break even level. Yeah. And and models a lot of times tell you what the model says and then what it's versus the break even level. Yeah, yeah. That's like the 
the model actually that's the whole model exactly so uh models sound intimidating i think to a lot of people but if you just like research it and find a model that you like online that is so important to your sports betting career and the world that you see in sports betting oh my god yeah it's everything and <clears throat> yeah we used to use accuscore and accuscore got us so far and they're amazing we we still use them when they're when they're up and running because sometimes they don't post uh their lines until late but uh i would say definitely yeah use a model and preferably use multiple right now i'm using five for player prop projections and in all honesty i'd like to get that up probably closer to a dozen i'm working on different methods for player prop projections on, on our own but yeah you definitely need a good model so. i agree um what do you got for your next one jake so uh, betting tip number eight is to automate whenever possible. So this is something that I take very serious because when you're spending hours every day doing the same steps over and over, it, you really need to automate that. You're just wasting your time. So learn how to use Excel and Google Sheets. It'll speed up your process uh, exponentially. It'll help you eliminate errors and it'll help you find value better. So. And you're kind of starting starting to get into like systems, like systems of your betting strategy. Mm -hmm. But then on the models, just like kind of like piggybacking off the models a little bit. Um, another really good thing that I would find in your sports betting career is establishing a betting system mm -hmm. or systems. And uh, I use Action Network because they back test 20 years and they tell you all the statistics. And they have a lot of different values. Like you can, it's probably close to infinite. It's got to be like around a hundred million or a billion different values or different metrics that you could put in mm -hmm. that would give you, and you get, you can back test it and find out if it works. But a system is something to where like you back test a certain strategy, say um, it's an NBA team and they're away and they're the underdog and they are coming off three losses or more and you can see what the statistics are if they beat the spread what the over under is that's basically what a system is yeah you gotta find those systems because that's such a big tool that you could have in your tool belt for when you're looking at like team bets yeah great point yeah, yeah. so i mean um I use Act Action Network, and you've come up with a few systems that are pretty impressive that I still use to this day. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give them away. Yeah. But I also have some that I've made. And the cool thing about Action Network is that they they put together um, a, a kind of like a uh, a dashboard to where you can you can uh, file your system bets, the ones that you create. Yeah. That's in one thing. And then once you create a system that you think is profitable and you want to give it a try, you flip it over to the system that like sends you out the bet. So then they look in the future and see when those when those players are going to come into account. Yeah. And then they send you a message and then you can bet on it. That's that's amazing. Or you can just take yeah. it into one aspect of your tool belt. You don't have to bet on them. It could just be like one star of your tool belt. Exactly. So um, establishing a betting system is a really important thing. That's Scott's betting tip number eight, establishing a betting system. What do you got on the next one, Jake? Betting tip number nine, find variables that are statistically significant. In order to do this, you need to learn how to run regressions to find out which variables have an influence on your outcome. So... I had a little bit of a practice with this in my econometrics class. We we're able to use this program called Stata, and we we're able to run run regressions, find out which variables are actually statistically significant. So it's not just uh, your opinion on whether it has an outcome or has an influence on the outcome or not. You basically have a program that finds out how much of an impact it actually has. What was the rule again? Uh, find variables that are statistically significant yeah that is a good that's that's a good variable yeah to find in there yeah because basically if you watch something you might think oh 
they're the the away team so the away team always loses or something but you don't know how much value the away team has but if you run a regression you can actually find out how much value the away team like how how big of an impact that is against them it's kind of like just like my betting systems the last one that i just did yeah, yeah. betting systems that's what they do is they run regressions yeah yeah you put filters in saying it's, a, it's an away team yeah. they're the underdog and they've lost three games in a row yeah and they run a regression which is basically back testing 20 years mm-hmm. it's it's tripping me out how many times we're like on pace of our mm-hmm. of our betting tips yeah so like also on the movie moneyball if you remember how the scouts were gauging people is they would they would be like oh that guy he has a weak handshake so i don't think we should have him on our team or oh his girlfriend isn't very attractive or something it's well like, that well that's the exact reason why i bet on teams when when i when if a starting pitcher Mm -hmm. has an ugly girlfriend yeah i'm not gonna bet on the team no hell no yeah exactly (laughs) i don't know where you're coming from especially if he has a weak handshake and an ugly girlfriend i mean a lot of guys they shake with their right but they're pitching left yeah i don't know that sounds like a euphemism (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know if i use that word right i don't either we probably did okay so yeah, bet, betting's my betting systems tip, and then your tip about kind of like running regressions. It's like it's insane how much on par they are. Yeah, I will say my next one is Scott's betting tip number nine: study line movement strategies. And this is one that I'm kind of new to. I'm going to admit to it. I have like a 15 year sports betting career, but this one I've this is the new tool that I've added to my tool belt. If you just yeah. imagine me as like Tim, the tool man, Alan, uh-huh. and I got a tool belt <laughs> and I'm putting more tools in it. Yeah. I got clothes on. I don't know why <laughs> you thought that, but I, yeah, but yeah. It, just imagine that. And this is one of the new tools that I've added to the tool belt. So <laughs> it's a bad pack. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta add in a lot out of this because this is pretty bad but i will say that um studying line movement strategies is one of the things that i've added to my tool belt lately um talking to uh a guy fiddle michael fiddle yeah talking to michael fiddle mm-hmm. oh my gosh that really like opened my eyes up to line movement where you can find a little bit of closing line value the night before especially in nba and nfl yeah you can find that closing line value that gives you the extra value and it kind of like coincides with a lot of betting tips that we've had already yeah um you got to study that line movement what it's doing why it's doing it and if you study it you'll understand a little bit more about sports betting and it'll inform your bets for the future yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, we're literally trying to get a percentage better with all these different techniques and getting 1% better over time is actually a significantly big impact. So, What do you got for your next one? <clears throat> um, betting tip number 10, uh, wait for your line. So basically, if we recommend a line and your sports book is a little off, you're getting worse odds, just wait, wait for another pick. Like, we have plenty of picks. You don't have to place that one if the odds are off. So that's kind of why we have the, the basically the max and min line. Like, so if I recommend a bet at minus one thirty or something, we're saying don't take it if it's higher than minus one thirty-five. So we're putting the maximum line to bet it, but if it's higher than that, just leave it alone. Just wait for wait for a better pick. And that has a lot. That has a lot to do with line movement strategies. I mean, that's your like kind of playing the line a little bit. Yeah. So it goes with my last one. Um, yeah, I think that's really good. I don't do a whole lot of bets where like I give a little bit of a cushion to my bet because I'm trying to find the the maximum value. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make sense that you want to do what you're saying where you want to find like a little bit of that edge. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, and also finding edge in sports betting. Scott's sports betting tips number 10, shop for the best odds. Um, I think that's this is one of my this is like could be my number one sports betting tip is shopping for the best odds because it definitely makes a difference between you making money and losing money in sports betting is finding the best odds for every possible bet that you can get. I mean, what do you think, Jake? I mean, you can get a, at least a few percent different uh, break even between one site and the other. So just, oh my God, shopping around for the, the line is is huge. So yeah, I agree with you. It has a significant impact. It's one of the most important rules. It probably could have been rule number one through five. It's that important. <laughs> so yeah, shop around for the best lines. Use the sports books against each other. Um, yeah, I can't, can't say enough about that. Well, I'm sure you can say some more. Well, what do you got for your next one? Maybe I can. So uh, when you're shopping around for the best line, I love to use the sports books against each other. So imagine if I'm looking at somebody's under and I noticed that my sports book, I found a line that's higher than the market, then that makes that gives me that much more um, faith that the under is a, a good pick because the entire market is uh, basically fading this guy. And then I found one site that's like the outlier and it's way higher. So it's like, I love the criteria. It meets, it meets my system or whatever. And then the whole market is showing they're agreeing with me. And there's one site that hasn't caught up yet. So I, I've been noticing lately on unabated, I've been doing picks early in the morning at like three or four in the morning, like when I get off work. And that's honestly the best time for me to do bets from here on out because they literally haven't posted all the lines yet. So there's only a few sports books that have the bets and you can watch them get released in real time and you can watch them change. And if I see a bunch of sports books that all have this guy's under and it meets my criteria and then I find that one sports book that hasn't caught up to the market yet, then that, that one's generally a good one. And that goes back to line movement. That's a that's a line movement strategy for team bets. What you're, what you're doing with player props, yeah. seeing when it's coming out and getting getting it before the line moves, or seeing the line move and then like hopping on that train mm -hmm. to a a positive closing line value. Yeah, um, yeah, I can totally see that. That is such an important part of sports betting. All these all these tips are really important. Um, but it also is in line with knowing your public data. So that's my Scott's betting tip number 12, no public betting data. It has a lot to do with that because what you're doing is you're like looking at the public data, seeing where everybody is betting. Mm -hmm. And then as the line moves in that direction, hopping on, on the train before it ends. So it like keeps on going and you get positive closing line value on it. Yeah. So knowing the betting public betting data is important in line movement strategy and the last tip that you just gave. Yeah. And then it's also important in if you're if you're playing like a contrarian uh, sports betting strategy and if you know public betting data on um where all the bets are or where all the money is you can do a contrarian on that that's one aspect that you can like put into your tool belt yeah great idea or great point i should say uh i, I might as well bring up betting tip number 12 so i basically said data is greater than your opinion so just just like the money um or the movie moneyball when i brought that up uh Basically, people have their opinions about players or teams, and I don't find a lot of value in just watching it and feeling like, oh, that guy's good because I saw him hit a home run or get a strikeout. He struck out the whole side, so he must be great. So I, I, I don't care so much on my experience watching it. That does add value, but I care more about the stats over the long run. So I would look more into the numbers, crunch the numbers, look at the trends, look at their their matchups and the lineup changes and all that, like study 
more of the numbers and the data rather than like your actual uh when you're watching the game so uh, just like the movie movie moneyball they prove that the the data is more important than what you think about it i agree scott's betting tip number 13 recognize seasonal trends you mentioned trends mm -hmm. you mentioned seasons you mentioned recognizing shit Exactly. I think I think that uh, what you said was perfect. It falls in line to one of my sports betting tips, uh, like usual in this podcast. Um, recognize seasonal trends. You can find trends in all the different parts of the seasons, and you can even go back to the, the one of the most important ones. If we're like diving into it, is the beginning and end of the season. Everybody knows that like. There's a lot of difference in sports betting in the beginning and the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in the middle, it's completely different too. So you have to do different strategies for different parts of the season. Yeah. So that's at Scott's betting tip number 13, recognize seasonal trends. All right. I, uh, I'll go with my betting tip number 13. Sports betting is not about making money, surprisingly. It's, it's about making the right decision. So if you make the right decision and you place a bet with positive EV and you, it's a small percentage of your bankroll, then in the long run, you'll make money. So it's, I wouldn't worry about trying to make money on one bet because you can literally make a terrible bet and win. And you're like, oh, I, I made money. That was the right decision. It's like, actually, you made a terrible mm -hmm. bet and you got lucky. Like there's no way you should in that in the long run you made a bet that isn't profitable then you, you shouldn't have made that bet so basically make the right decisions and you'll get paid in the long run and if you don't make the right decisions learn from your mistakes yeah. so that's scott's betting tip number 14 learn from your mistakes if you don't make all the shit that jake just said and you should do that first mm -hmm. you should Make all the right decisions. The decisions are everything. You're making choices in sports betting or in stock investments. You're yeah. making choices. Yeah. Make all the right choices. But if you don't, learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. Correct off of that. Go back, review, look at where you made the mistake, what, why, why you made the mistake, and then improve it in the future. And then you will improve as a sports better. If you learn from your mistakes, mm -hmm. there's no way that you can't improve at sports betting. I love it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm, pretty I'm pretty excited. I've yeah. all of a sudden I got excited. <laughs> this must be a good one. Yeah. But yeah. What do you, what's your next one? All right. Uh, betting tip number 14. Use something similar to the scientific approach. So basically have an hypothesis about how you think the bet will go down and then Test your hypothesis, analyze the data, tweak your hypothesis, and then see how the outcome is. Just you basically keep tweaking your hypothesis until you come out with the outcome that you're you're happy with. We're saying the same thing, dude. We yeah. I just said learn from your mistakes. Yeah. You're talking about hypothesis, yeah, and then like improving off that. That's the same. Yeah. And then my next one is keep learning. It's kind of the same thing. We're all like mm -hmm. these are meshed together, yeah. which is a good sign yeah. that we came up with a good top 30. Yeah, we came up with these independently and they uh, they have a lot of overlap, but they're slightly different too. So I'm pretty excited about it. My Scott's betting pit. Sp Scott's? What's my name? Yeah. <laughs> Say it 10 times fast. Uh, Scott. Uh, my name is Scott. Okay. Scott's betting tip number 15 is keep learning. It's piggybacking off of what you're yeah. saying, which you were piggybacking off of me. You have to keep learning in sports betting. You have to find out the mistakes you're making. You got to look back. You got to analyze yourself. Mm -hmm. Be self-aware. And if you keep learning in sports betting, there's no way. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. There's no way that you can lose at sports betting. Yeah, exactly. It's going to take some time. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I got one more betting tip oh you got another one yeah all right uh betting tip number 15 uh protect your troops or your bankroll so basically we're at war with these sports books they're trying to take our money they're trying to take all our troops uh basically don't go to war unless you're going to get more troops back so if it's not a profitable decision and you're not going to bring home more money don't go to war wait 
Wait for your opportunity. I almost wanted to go into like a, a singing. <laughs> I almost did it. There you, you go. You just want to, uh, yeah. You got to protect your troops. Yeah. Peaches, 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 peaches. <laughs> you might have to play that song. It's a great song. Uh, Jack Black. Man, that guy's funny. That's your last tip, Jake. Yeah. Uh, that's the 30. If you count 15 for me, 15 for you, that's the 30 top betting tips of sports betting if you follow all of the tips if you follow 25 out of 30 i would say i am interested i'm going to ask you what your number is next i think i follow 26 out of 30. oh man just kind of like listening to them i obviously if i look back it's probably less I'm trying to be I'm trying to inflate my numbers probably. I, I so it's probably like, like 22 23, but I wonder how many I actually follow. I, I think I follow them all, especially You probably do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, except the fake bankroll part right now because we're past that point, but I mean, I whenever I'm testing a new market, it's smart to to start with a fake bankroll. So, yeah, all of these I feel like I'm definitely do and there's a lot of overlap so it's not like we're doing that many tips but they're all equally important and i would definitely take them into consideration if you're going to try to make money in the long run if you were going through all of your tips and you're like scrolling through and you can see all of the tips yeah what one stands out what's the one that pops into your head right now uh there's two one from okay what's it it's, yeah, it's I, actually, you you uh, have probably both of them, but uh, managing the bankroll. So that's like the infinite bankroll theory. So that I I think is huge, and then shopping around. So those are the two most important, in my opinion, is managing your bankroll and shop around for the best line. Those two can add so much value, and I, yeah, I'd put those two at the top. What about you? I think that's great advice. I have nothing to add to that. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, pre you pretty much covered it. <laughs> you do those two, yeah, and then the other twenty are just like. There's a lot of offshoots of of those two in the twenty in the thirty in the top thirty. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of offshoots, but I mean, those are the two. Yeah, I think you covered it, Jake. 